Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. Put your hands together for the Lord. We want to thank God for today. We want to bless His holy name for what He has done. The Lord is good. His mercies endure forever and ever. Amen. Now we're going straight into the word. It is obvious that the core message that Jesus was communicating to the churches was for them to repent amen was for them to repent there are many people who are in the church and still need to repent they still need to repent and every time jesus warned the church he told them he said listen if you don't repent i will take your place out of the candlestick if you don't repent I, will, I would kick you out of my place because there are things that people do in church that the father is not happy you see john the baptist when he baptized people for repentance he said anyone who was baptized the person should continue and bear fruit of repentance in other words you cannot change today and then go on to live your life as if you never change and you have not really repented amen so today we will focus a bit on repentance because repentance is the is the core message that accompanied what jesus was delivering to the churches i get what i'm saying every time jesus delivers a message He's delivering it to make a point so that we, he will draw attention to the fact that, listen, the Father wants you to know this. Amen. The Father wants you to know this. And that is why in many times and many instances when we read the scriptures in the book of Revelations, the Bible said that he would, he would, he would tell the church, he said, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega. And then he'll go on and let them know that, hey, listen, I own the keys of death and hell. And that if you don't repent, I, I have the keys, not the devil. I can take you there. I can cast you out into the lake of fire. I, I can put you in outer darkness. I can. I have the authority to do that. Not even Satan. Amen. So repentance is key. And I see, when you, when you got born again, the nature of God has been deposited in you. You have become a new man. Having become a new man, you ought to live in that way. You cannot become a new person and continue to walk like the old person. Amen. Now, repentance comes from the Greek word metanoia. Metanoia. M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A. M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A. Metanoia and repentance you know this word is made up of two words meta meta 
simply means after or beyond you know what is behind what you are hearing that is meta and then Noah it means to understand okay so after you have understood what you have heard the actions you take indicate your repentance in other words when Jesus presented the word to his people and to the church what he was expecting them to do was to understand and then when they have understood the message the actions they take is a sign of their repentance because when you understand what God is telling you and then you take a 360 degrees turn because of what you heard that is repentance amen amen all right so repentance is key you cannot you cannot um hear the message and not and say me i won't change the way i am then it's better you did not hear it why because every message you hear from god is a witness against you or for you on the day of accountability on the day of judgment nobody can say i did not hear the gospel no one can say i did not hear that is why you see in the old covenant there was no room for repentance because the law was given to them and as soon as anyone got, went against the law there was a punishment the law always goes along with punishment so you are told not to do something if you do that thing you are punished there is no warning no one will come and tell you hey be careful and that what you are doing if you go ahead and do it you'll be punished nobody will tell you that they will present to you the law and let you know that this is the position of the law and that if you go against the law this is the punishment all right now under the new covenant it is different god will now present you his word even when you don't obey the word and you don't do the word he will also come and warn you and tell you that listen if you don't repent if you don't change if you don't have a 360 degrees turn around from what you are doing this thing will come sometimes god will even warn you and warn you and warn you and warn you to the point that if you don't repent and then he does anything you cannot blame him you can't just blame him that is why let me tell you that is why up to now jesus has not come it's not because he doesn't want to come it's not because he doesn't want to destroy this world and destroy the filth that the devil is carrying on in this world it's not that he doesn't want to do it but the more he looks at people who have not repented yet he holds on and he keeps on you know interceding before the father and say god please don't don't yet send me let's hold on for a while let let's let's try and help people to repent let let my servants in the world continue to preach perhaps some people will still be saved he's continuing trying to save people that is goal now he want to save as many people as possible because if he's coming to destroy the world right now i tell you many people will not make it and that is why he said judgment will begin in his church yes why because we are those that every single time we meet we are presented with the word of god 
We are taught the word. We are given the mind of God. We are told the will of God. So if you are in a church and despite the many teachings that you hear, you still live a reckless life. You still live a life of no God. Then you are in trouble. You are in trouble. At least those who are in the world, they don't hear the message like the way you hear. Those who are not born again, they don't hear the message like the way you hear. So with them, when God is judging them, it's pretty much simple. Some of them may have even rejected the gospel. Yes, I have preached to someone who told me point blank, I don't have time for this, your Jesus. Oh, yes. He said, I don't have time for this, your Jesus. He told me point blank, and it has been recorded by the angels, that one day, a man of God told you the gospel, and you told me that you don't have time for this gospel. So on the day of judgment, such a person, that judgment is easy. Because his own words has condemned him. What about you? Who sits in church every single time? If you don't repent and live the way God wants you to live, you are putting yourself in danger. And that doesn't, God doesn't want you to, to, to live like that. He wants you to understand that whatever I am telling you today is so that you will repent. You have a change of mind. You have a change of heart. And you have a change of attitude. Amen. So repentance precedes forgiveness. Repentance comes before forgiveness. Let me tell you, if you, if you offend someone, for example, Jesus said, if someone offends you, go point out the fault of the person to them right it is like giving the person the opportunity to repent if the person repents and and then apologizes it says forgive him if the person does not for repent he said now go to the church elders tell them and let the church elders call the person and talk to the person if the person still does not repent and continues Jesus said, leave the person. That is how the person is. Meaning that, woe unto you if you fail to repent in order to receive forgiveness. Are you here with me? Repentance is the catalyst for forgiveness. I know what I'm saying. So, let me tell you the, the simple steps to salvation. Number one, you need repentance. So the gospel will first be preached to you. In other words, God will present to you what you need to hear in order to have a change of mind, to have a change of heart. He will tell you. He will not hide it. You know, God will not, let me put it this way. God does not expect anyone to repent when the person has not first heard. The message that would trigger repentance. Are you saying? Are you hear what I'm saying? Are you here with me? I say God does not. You know, you, you just can't get up and say, "I have repented." I have repented. It's not possible. Something must trigger the repentance, and that is exactly what the seven letters to the churches were meant to achieve. 
You know, imagine the, the, the dead church. Okay? One of the letters to the world, the churches, it was described as the dead church. He said, you have a reputation that you are alive, but you are dead. You have a reputation. In other words, everybody thought that that church was alive, but they were dead. And the, and, and the letter to that church was warning them to pick up the pieces that remain. Now, imagine that Jesus didn't warn that church. Okay? And then that church thought that, okay, everything that they were doing was okay, was fine. They were holy, they were righteous, and they were doing the things of God. And nobody warned them. Jesus couldn't have had the right to judge them because they were not warned. They were not told anything. And that is why God keeps on speaking to us every day. That is why he keeps on reminding us. He keeps on telling us, hey, listen, the life you are living will lead you nowhere. Repent and come upon this path. Now, people hear it every day. They go to church every day. Now, for example, we are, we are having Christmas now. Yeah, in the season of Christmas. What is the purpose of Christmas? It's not because you go to your village and go and celebrate. It's not because you give gifts to people. It's, that is not the reason. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the reason. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mass. It's a gathering. Mass gathering because of Jesus. Not because of parties. Not because of traveling to go and visit your family. No. The whole year you couldn't visit your family. You are waiting the time that we are supposed to gather because of Jesus to go and visit your family. Now people have to understand the truth. We don't celebrate Christmas because, you know, you want to tell me that the whole year you have never chewed chicken before. The whole year. You never ate chicken. And it had to take Christmas for you to eat chicken. Ah! What kind of level of poverty is that? You save, you save your money so that uh, uh, Christmas you, you have chicken to, to eat. No. The reason we are in church, the reason the world, see, that's how I was telling those who came in church on Friday about what the world is trying to do to prevent what we are even celebrating. And even gays saying that Christmas is about them. Yeah. When people don't know the purpose of anything, anybody at all can give a purpose and meaning and the gullible ones would just say ah okay oh you are this one makes sense it sounds nice so let's go let's go like that it is not how it sounds nice if it is not the truth if it is not from god there's nothing to do with it amen acts chapter number three acts chapter number three I want to read something really, really nice. I want to read from verse number 13. Acts chapter number 3. I read from verse number 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go but you denied the holy one and jesus and and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and kill the prince of life 
whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and you know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Verse number 17. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. Underline it, mark it, ignorance. As did also your rulers. For those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Verse 19. Can we all read it together? One to go. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. He said that ignorance was the reason they killed Jesus. Because they didn't even know that the prophet had prophesied that the son of God had to die. So when they were behaving that way, they thought they were, they were being justified by their action. But they didn't know that they were carrying out ignorance. So the Bible said in Isaiah 4, verse 6, it said that for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Ignorance, I get what I'm saying, is the reason people do what they are doing. But the moment knowledge and truth is presented to you, you cannot claim to be ignorant again. The Bible says for the days of ignorance, God overlooked. But now he calls everybody to repent. The days of ignorance. Why did God or why is God or why did God overlook the days of ignorance? Because in your ignorance, he knows that you have not received any knowledge. He knows you may not even know. He knows it. He knows it. He knows it. And you may not even know. But the moment truth comes, you cannot claim to be ignorant. I hear what I'm saying. And that is why every child of God, you cannot say, I'm ignorant. Oh, not me, Nemo. Oh, I didn't know. No, you know. You know that the life you are living does not glorify God and that you must repent. You just can't hide. That's what I'm saying. The false teachings on grace has led many people to behave and to think and act that, listen, you can behave and live your life anyhow. No. You cannot live your life anyhow. You cannot say things anyhow. You cannot behave anyhow. You cannot have any attitude just anyhow. No. The days of ignorance. God, he overlooked. Now he calls people to repent. In other words, he wants you to have a 360 turn around. You cannot be drinking and then in the, in the morning, yesterday we went, we went on evangelism. There's this guy that we met. As soon as I called him to preach him, the guy was seriously drunk. And then when I, when I wanted to start even talking, he said, you know what? Please don't even go any further. I know, I know where you want to go. And then he said, please turn around. Have you seen that church building over there? I said, yes. He said, that is why I fellowship. But he was heavily drunk. So please don't, don't even waste your time to even say anything. I know what you want to say. 
That is why that is why I'm showing where I fellowship. This is why I attend church. He was showing me the way to his church. I was heavily drunk. Now, if God decides to descend on such a one, do you think by just saying I attend church can save him? Because the word, the knowledge has come say, do not be drunk. Don't drink. Don't drink. He said, don't be drink with wine. Those things. If there's any drinking that you want to drink, be drunk with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit intoxicate you. But you find people who would drink. And people say, oh, Charlie, you can drink, but don't get, you know, don't get, don't, don't, don't get drunk. No, ma'am. I don't know where they got it from the Bible. Amen. So now imagine that guy. A typical example. According to the Bible, he is a king. According to the Bible, he is a priest. The Bible says we are king priest. Now, in the state that he was yesterday, in the state that, how was it going to be possible for him to meet someone and preach Christ to? He cannot. Because he's drunk. He's, he, he didn't have intelligent words to declare. So what was he going to say? He was just babbling and he was drunk. And he wanted to tell him that is how God wants us to live our lives. Absolutely no. So if a child of God, is a, if a Christian is drunk, and an unbeliever too is drunk, what will not differentiate the two of them? What will not separate the two of them? The fact that you claim that, oh, I go to church, does not mean you are, you are a believer. It is not enough. Amen. Say repentance. You must repent if you indeed want to live the life that God wants you to live. Amen. Now look at Matthew chapter number 3. Look at what um, John the Baptist said. Matthew chapter number 3. Look at what um, John the Baptist said, which is very, very important. Now it says... I read from verse number 7. Matthew chapter number 3 from verse number 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism. Remember the baptism of John was a baptism of repentance. In other words, as soon as you go to John to baptize you, what you are saying is that I am declaring that I have changed. I have repented. And that the things that I used to do, I will not do them again. I know what I'm saying. Alright. So, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to, be, to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you? Remember, warning. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Are you hearing me? In other words, you cannot have the seed of repentance and not show that you are repentant. If today you claim I'm born again, I'm a child of God, I don't do the things that I used to do in the world. We thank God for that. Now, the moment you live here, you must behave as such. It is only an unbeliever who will not go to church. 
If somebody is not born again, they will not go to church. How can you call yourself a child of God and when God is meeting his people in his church, you are not there to be found? Rather, you find yourself in the club. You find yourself in the parties. You find yourself in those places where people are chilling. But when they are looking for you in his church, you cannot be found. Then you have not repented. You claim to repent, but you are not bearing fruit of repentance. Because God wants you to bear fruit of repentance. Are you getting what I'm saying? He said, therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not think, verse 9, and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I said to you, that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Did you see that? God is, now God is taking out the fruit you are bearing. That is why, now let, let's go there. Galatians. Let's go to Galatians. Amen. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. I read from verse 16. Galatians 5 from verse 16. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. The word fulfill simply means that you will not do them. The word for fear. You will not do them. You will not do the last of the flesh. For the flesh lasts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit. You are not under the law. Amen. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh. Now the things that you do from the flesh are evident which are sexual immorality, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness. Reveries. Reveries simply means parties. Also like going to festivities, parties, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand. Just I also told you in time past. Can we all read that, that line together? One to go. That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are you here with me? Are you, are you watching your Bible? Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you think that, oh, all that matters is that I attend church. It's not enough. It's not enough. Now if that is how salvation and being born again is all about, then it's going to be very easy. Then all that you need to do is to say, oh, I believe in Jesus. And then I go back to rolling my, my cigarettes and my, my weed and my and I, I mean that's all all that i have to say is that oh, i believe in jesus and then you go on to live the life that you please no the moment you lift up your hand and said i believe in jesus and i repent of my sins 
what you are saying is that I am taking a 360 turn around. The life I used to live, I live that life no longer. Now I'm going to live the way God wants me to live. If God wants me to be in church 365 days, so shall it be. If God wants me to pray five hours every day, amen. If God wants me to study the word every single day, amen. Remember that before, you would not do those things. Instead of you being in church, you will be in party. You know, yesterday being 25th, a Saturday, some people would, would just party all night into the morning. And would tell you, oh, I, I couldn't come to church because A, B, and C. You see? No way. It's not an excuse. You are living like an unbeliever. Now, Paul said in the book of Romans, he said, I pity you. Some of you, 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 you celebrate seasons, months, and all of those things. It is not, sometimes, the, it is so pathetic how the church, we have allowed the standards of the world to become the standard of the church of Christ. Never. Never. A lot of churches today have turned into entertainment grounds. Entertainment. Entertainment. To the extent that if you come to a church where we are focusing on the word, the spirit, and things of the spirit, ah, it's not, it's not, it's not jumping. It's not, it's not jumping. We want a place that is jumping. If you want to be jumping, then go to the club. There are some people who would come to church. They would dance, 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 dance. When you close and you ask them, what did the man of God teach? They'll be scratching their head. Oh, it was a very powerful service. That's all that he would say. But when it comes to dancing and singing, they are dancing. That is not what church is all about. According to Ephesians chapter number 4. Okay? Let's read it. We'll come back to Galatians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. I read verse number 11. Ephesians chapter number 4. Verse number 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles. Some prophets. Some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints. For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. By speaking the truth in love may grow in all things into him who is the head that is Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love amen so what is the essence of coming to church so that you'll be edified. 
The word edify them is to be built up. The reason you are coming to church is to be built up. It's not entertainment. It's not to be entertained. We are not here to entertain you. The church is to build you. That is why there are some members in the church. They hear anything from other places and they believe them. They are tossed to and fro. By any wind of doctrine. That is not the reason you come to church. You come to church to be built. On the truth of Christ. So that when you hear something contrary to Christ out there. You just don't follow it. There are some people who just follow anything. They go here. They are looking for this. They go here. They are looking for that. No. You just, you just can't be moving some of us around like that. Because we know the truth for ourselves. And that is the work of a pastor. My work is to teach you the word. And when I teach you, I build you up. You repent from any life of sin you are having. And then you bear the fruit of what? Repentance. Are you here with me? That is why you cannot be in church. Up to now. And you enjoy fornication. You enjoy lying. You enjoy drinking. Oh, it's normal. Oh, as for this one, there's normal. It's not normal. It is never normal. The life you have in you must show forth. You must demonstrate that this is who I am. You must demonstrate that this is the life I have. People must see you and give God, give God the glory. People must see you and know that. See, that's why when you come to church, you must pay attention. You don't let anything distract you. Because your life depends on this. Your life depends on this. Your life depends on this. You pay attention. You don't be doing our things. People go to church. You see, they will be checking on their phones. They will be removing the, the wax in their ears. In church. It is in church that you do cosmetic things. And the word is coming. And then when you ask them, what did, they, what did I just say? They will not know what to say. You, you have to focus. You cannot be doing other things and pretend to be listening at the same time. You have to focus. Hear the word. Let the word enter you. There's a way you know that the word is changing things in you. When you know that the moment you left church, the word is staying inside. The word is playing back to you. And that, now the things that you are doing, it's like you are taking cue from the word you have heard. You just don't get out from church and then, oh, let me go and live anyhow that I'm living. No way. Then you are trying to tell God that God, you are a liar. Whatever you told, you told me to do, you are lying. I told you that this year, when God said he is faithful, he has proven that he is faithful. He has, he has shown that he is faithful. He has shown that he is faithful. Because you cannot, you, he cannot tell you something he will not do. He will tell you what he will do. And that is the God that we serve. Amen. 
So repentance is for both those in church and those outside church. Repentance is not just for them. You need to repent. Jesus was telling the church, you must repent. If there are things that you are doing in your life right now, we does not bring glory to God. We repent. Because Jesus is presenting to you the gospel. We help you to repent. But sometimes you don't know that the things that you are doing is wrong. Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you feel that what I'm doing is right. Until Jesus draws your attention and says, hey, what you are doing is wrong. This is not how you're supposed to live your life. And then when you are told, there are two groups of people. There are some people when you are correcting them, they get offended. They are. Why are you talking to me like this? Why are you telling me this? Oh, I'm going, I won't, I won't come to church again. And there are some people who will say, thank you, sir. This has saved my life. If you have anybody who will tell you and look you into your eyes and say, hey, what you are doing is wrong. Do it this way. You should thank God for that person. Are you here with me? There are some people. They want people who come around and say, okay, endorse what I am doing. Even if it is wrong, endorse it. Come and give me support, fans, so that I can continue doing the bad things that I'm doing. If you have such people around you, you should be careful. If you are that person who doesn't want to have someone around you who can look you at your face and correct you, there's a problem with you. There's a problem with you. You should be able to have someone in your life that God can speak through and say, hey, don't go where you are going. Don't do what you are doing. Stop what you are doing. And you can repent. And that is what the gospel is all about. God has sent all of us preachers into the world to preach and warn people and tell them, hey, if there's something in your life that is not pleasing to God, Jesus has died for you and has saved you out of that life. So now align yourself to the will of God. Let's go back to Galatians. I need to read it again. Galatians chapter number 5. In the name of Jesus. And when we read the verse number 21, it said, NV, uh, the verse 21b he said of which I tell you beforehand just I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God if your practice is to be fornicated and you are not repenting of it it says you will not inherit the kingdom of God it doesn't really matter what you think you believe if your practice is drunk drunkenness there's a problem with you you have to stop amen now look at verse 22 he said but the fruit of the spirit remember john said the one after me he will baptize you with the holy spirit right so when you are born again you are born of the spirit of god which means that anyone who is genuinely born again, you must bear fruit in accordance to the Spirit of God in you. Are you here with me? 
if you are not bearing fruit in accordance with the spirit of God, then there's a problem. It is like saying, I have repented, but I am not living like one who is repenting. When you are born again and full of the spirit, you must bear fruit. In other words, you must live spiritually. You must let people know that you are a spiritual person. The life you live must be spiritual. So this is how someone who is born again in the spirit. He said, this is the fruit you are going to bear. Number one, love. If you are born again in the spirit, you have love. The people in the world, they don't have love. They don't have it. Or at best, the kind of love that they have is selfishness. It is because of what they are looking for that they want to come into contact with you. Joy. Say joy. Shout joy. Joy. There are many people who are not full of joy because of the life that they have. We are full of joy always. In the good times, in the bad times, there is no day that we will not say, oh, because we do not have A, B, and C, so I am sad. The person in the spirit is always bearing the fruit of joy. Philippians 4, the Bible says, rejoice always. I say to you again, rejoice. That is the life of the spirit. When we walk in the spirit, we are always full of joy. We are always rejoicing. We are always celebrating. We are always shouting of praises because our lives are hinged on the spirit. So look into your life. Just look at yourself. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Are you full of love or you are full of hatred? You one person, you are in church right now. You don't talk to a thousand people in your life. Every day, you are quarreling with people. Every day, you are quarreling. You should be careful. You better repent. Amen. I say you better repent. Another fruit of the spirit is peace. I love this. Peace. Not peace like absent of conflict. Many people are not fighting, but they don't have peace of mind. Ah, there are some people, they, they are very free with many people, but they cannot sleep. Because their pockets are dry. They are hungry. They are sick. Those things don't bring peace. But when you are walking in the spirit, you have peace. Jesus said, the peace that I give you, John 14, the peace that I give you, is not like the peace of the world. I give you my peace. My peace. In other words, it doesn't matter what you see with your eyes. Those things don't move you. Remember, we live by faith, not by sight. Amen? Say, I live by faith, not by sight. I live by faith, not by sight. In other words, I don't live based on what I see or hear. I live based on what I know in Christ. Amen? So I have peace. Ah, the doctor said, oh, this one. No, 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 no. It's not what the doctor has said. It's what Jesus has said to me. 
Jesus told me by his stripes I have been healed. It doesn't matter the condition going on in my body. I have peace. I know this condition, these symptoms, it will disappear. It will go. It doesn't matter how long you want to tarry. It shall surely leave my body. This is the peace I have. This is the peace I have. You know, someone might be thinking, hey, would this thing kill me? Am I going to die because of this? No. It will not kill you. You will not die. Come on, are you here with me? I say you will not die. Don't allow the things of this world to interfere. Don't. Amen. Another fruit is long suffering. Oh, long suffering. There are some people when they go through some challenges in their life, they give up. They don't show up in church. They don't show up for prayers. They don't even pray at all. They are in their house complaining. Complaining bitterly. Things are hard. Things are bad. Things are hard. They, they just lose focus. Why? Because they cannot suffer long. They cannot be in it for a long time. They are tired. Ah, God, where will you come and save me from this problem? I'm tired. If God, you are there. If God, no way, relax. The person in the spirit don't talk like that. He said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. He said, when you go through the storm, I'm with you. When you go through the fire, I'm with you. What do you think you are going through? You think God has abandoned you? No way, he hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's with you. Say, God is with me. And this is the difference between us and those who are in the world. When someone who is in the world doesn't have money or food in the house, they are all over the place. They don't even care sleeping with someone just to get money. Uh-uh. But we are different. Say, I'm different. I'm different. It doesn't matter what the enemy thinks he's trying to do. Hey, he, can, he can do it in the morning, do it in the evening. I am ready for him. He will not have the last say. My God and Father has the last say. And have the last laugh. In the mighty name of Jesus. Kindness. Another fruit of the spirit. Kindness. A lot of people are not kind. A lot of people are not kind. They disrespect anyone. They talk anyhow. They are not kind again. But if you are born again and you are in the spirit. You have to be kind. You have to be kind. I remember I went to a, a mini market to buy something, and then the gentleman, he was talking, he was talking with someone, you know, whilst I was paying. And I, he gave me change more than what he's supposed to give me. This thing has happened to me a couple of times. He gave me the change, and he was still chatting, laughing with his colleague. And then when he gave me the change, that was in excess of what he gave me. I said, have you seen the reason you should focus when you, are, when you are working? And I was like, why? I said, I gave you 100 CDs notes. Look at the change you have given me. You have given me the 100 CDs notes. Plus another, the real change that he was supposed to have given me. I said, you see, if I, was, I wanted to punish you, I would have just kept quiet and just filed. As soon as I said those words to him, the guy was like, he, was, he felt so embarrassed. You are, you are dealing with money. You focus, keep quiet, and change. Then I gave him 
back behind the city's notes. And then he thanked him. If, if he was somebody else, the guy would have, you know, been in debt of 100 cities to his employers. Kindness. So, ah, this one there is a miracle money. I didn't ask for it. I have miracle money. God has given me money. That's not how God supplies for you. God wants you to be kind. Tell your neighbor, be kind. This is how we live. So, if you are living in the spirit and you don't see kindness out of your heart, you should repent. Amen? Goodness. Oh, uh, hey. People are. You know what the Bible says in the book of um, Galatians chapter 6? It says we should not be tired in doing good. Why? Because whatever we do, we do unto the Lord. We do it unto the Lord. We do it unto the Lord. Yeah, see, man will definitely disappoint you. It's, a, it's, it's constant. People will disappoint you. So if your goal is to do good to people, so that they will, they will reciprocate what you have done for them. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Whatever you do for someone, know that you have done it unto the Lord. Remember when we were studying um, the Beatitude, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, when you do good with your right hand, don't let your left hand know what you have done. Today, because of social media, when people are doing good, they will take pictures and then will come and splash it on social media. Do you know what God said concerning those things? He said, you have your reward. You have your reward. The more people are praising you, oh, you have done well, you have done well. Joe, 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 you have done well. You have your reward. You want men to praise you, right? That is why you are telling them of what you have done. So if you are showing people what you have done and the people praise you, you have your reward from them. But if you want your reward from God, you do what is good and then you allow those people to even thank God on your behalf. Are you here with me? Yes. Don't be tired in doing good. Tell your neighbor, don't be tired in doing good. Don't be tired. Anyone who is born in the spirit don't get tired doing good. It doesn't matter whether it's your last in your pocket. If you are doing good to someone, don't go and stand somewhere and say, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. It, it doesn't really mean anything. You will not get anything by behaving that way. Let God do his reward in your life. Amen. Faithfulness is another fruit. Anyone who is born in the spirit, you have to be faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? You have to be reliable. You have to be trustworthy. You, as a believer, even if those outside in the world, they will disappoint and they will become unreliable. You cannot be like that. When your boss lives in your hand, a company, Will he come back and find the company grown or he will come and find the company destroyed? You must be trustworthy. Oh, take this money and keep it for me. And then before you realize, you have spent the money. And then when the person comes asking for the money, you are thinking, oh, 
you know, no, no, you are not trustworthy. You have to be trustworthy. People have to see you as reliable. When someone is looking for something to do, you should be the one that they will contact. Amen. That is the life of the spirit. Gentleness. 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 Not rowdy. Not quarrelsome. You are born again. Every day you are fighting. Every day you are exchanging blows. Every day you are insulting people. That is not gentleness. That is not gentleness. The people in the world may behave that way. But you cannot behave that way. You see, this is how God wants us to live our lives. He wants us to be different from how the world lives their lives. They live their life anyhow. They fight. Remember when they came to arrest Jesus. One of the disciples pulled the sword and cut the ear of one of the soldiers. And Jesus immediately rebuked him. He said, hey, draw your sword back. Put your sword back into your, the position. Do you think I cannot call legends of angels to come and destroy these people right now? But that's not why I'm here. And then what did he do? He took the year that was chopped off and put it back. Even with that miracle, the soldiers did not repent. That should tell you <laughs> that their heart was determined to sin. Oh, yes. Do you think there are some people who are not one not to sin? When you see someone who is determined, you know, you know, you know that this guy who says he loves you, he's married, but she's so determined to sin, so he will say yes. So yes. And then you'll be following somebody's husband. You are not gentle. And the last fruit that was Described in this plan. Self-control. Say self-control. Self-control. Now self-control for me is one of the most important fruit of the spirit. When you come to church and you feel like sleeping. And you don't have self-control. You will sleep. Yeah, you know yourself. Someone will come to church. You popping pimples in church. Yeah, they, are, they do it. They are yeah, doing it right now. Self-control is lacking. Self-control. When you have self-control, yeah, we can have teaching service, not prayer service. All night. Teaching from 12 midnight to 5 a.m. And you not blink an eye. And every single second, you are enjoying what is coming. You have to tell your body what it can take and what it cannot take. Are you here with me? Yeah. <laughs> One day I was working, I'm working on a book, and I set myself a target for that day. I wanted to reach a particular chapter that day. I was working and working, and I worked late into the night, and I realized that I was I was feeling sleepy. I, my eyes were feeling sleepy. I said, I just opened my mouth and I said, eyes listen. I have not reached my target. So I'm not ready to sleep. You better comply. Oh yes. And do you know what? The moment I said those words. My eyes just opened. And it was like I have slept the whole day. And I was refreshing my body. I worked to like 3 a.m. before I slept. 
Some of you, you allow your body to tell you what to do. You don't allow your flesh to tell you what to do. When it's time to pray, he says, oh, let me, let me watch this soap opera. When I finish, I'll go and pray. By the time you finish watching it, the prayer time is over. Yeah. You don't allow your flesh to determine what to do. Self-control, self-self-control. It is one of the most powerful fruit of the spirit. Sometimes you feel like insulting someone because you have been provoked. But when self-control kicks in, you say, I forgive you. Let's, let me just go on. Because if you're going to follow what people do to you, you say things that will hurt them. Say self-control. They were killing Jesus. I don't, I don't think I shared it with the church page. But I'll look for that thing and share with you. So archaeologists found the nail that they used to crucify Jesus. Like this. And the thickness is like the size, the width of my, my finger. Like this. That is the nail. So they'll grab the nail like this. Bang. Bang. Into the palm. And according to Bible history, the nail that they used to nail the, the feet are a bit longer than the one to the palm. Because the thing has to go through the palm and into the what? The tree, the wood, the cross. So if it is, let's say, short inch, it will not penetrate. So it has to first penetrate the palm and then get inside the wood. Like this. And with all of that, self-control was evident. Many people would have rained curses. Oh, say, God, kill all of them. All these enemies, let them die. But in spite of that, they said, Father, forgive them. But they don't know what they are doing. Self-control. Amen. They self-control. When you have self-control, people will provoke you. People will insult you. People would, would do all sorts of things against you. And you control yourself. Amen. You will not allow what people do to determine your action. But rather who you are. What is inside of you. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, having heard all of these things. You cannot go on and live your life anyhow. You have to repent. Repentance is necessary forgiveness if you want God to cleanse you you have to repent look at your life some of you the way you are going about your relationship with God is very dangerous I'm telling you very very dangerous and you're going to hear what we're going to have until the first night in the years coming we are not going to joke at all See, I told you the last time, even if I take two, three people to heaven, and I know those people devoted themselves to live for God, so be it. Some of us, the mentality we have is different. We want to build a church where the members are sold out to Jesus, where they are committed to live the way Jesus wants them to live. Not to live this hybrid, hybrid life they go into the world. They live how the world want them to live. They come to church on Sunday. They pretend they are very spiritual. No. You cannot be in church. And your mind is not in church. Chasing 
uh, chatting people. How much is the container? Uh, uh, how much is the goods? You are in church doing business. When the word of the Lord is coming. Uh, you want people who will be focused on the things of the spirit. Amen. Because Jesus wrote to those churches to warn them to repent. So don't be fooled. And be thinking that, oh, because you are in the church, you don't need to repent of anything you are doing wrong. If there's something in your life that is inconsistent with the will of God, have a change of mind. Have a, have a change of mind. Take a position based on the word. Amen. Take a position based on the word. Maybe you have been saying, oh me, I'm poor. I don't, I don't think anything. Things are hard. Repent and change the way you speak. Repent and change the way you think. Your attitude, your behavior. Change it based on the character of the life of God in you. Change it. Change it. Let God be in you. Some of you, you are here in church. I cannot tell you to do certain things. Why? Because when I tell you, you will not do them. You will not do it. Such a person, let me tell you, you are fighting against your own life. There are some people, you tell them, God said do A, B, and C. They will hear it and they will not do it. You don't know what you are doing to your life. Unfortunately, there are some people, when you tell them the truth, they don't like it. They want you to add layers of fear. Before they want to do it. Me, I can't, I can't do that. I can't add layers of fear. God says do it. If you do it, it's a blessing to you. If you don't do it, you reap the reward and the result of what you are not supposed to do. Amen. So today, in conclusion, I want you to understand that God wants you to have a 360 degrees turnaround. Live a life based on the nature you have. Based on who you are. Don't live your life anyhow. Don't live your life anyhow. Some of you have come to this church. God has done so many things for you. Yet you don't even open your mouth to tell people out there that Jesus is real. Like what um, Andrew did to his brother. Philip. Sorry, did to Andrew. Say, come and see. Some of you. The number of people you would have brought into the kingdom if you were being truthful to yourself and told people what Jesus did for you in your life, you would have brought many people into the kingdom. But you wake up in the morning and then you go and chase your money. So let me work hard. I'm not lazy. If working hard is what blesses people and prospers people, you wouldn't have been where you are. Are you here? Praise the Lord. Thank you for being a part of today's message. This program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free!